Welcome in to Fantasy 15, a podcast show meant to answer all of your fantasy football questions, or as many as I can get to in 15 minutes. I'm your host, Zach Freed. If you like what you hear today, please subscribe, rate, and review, share, follow on Twitter at Fantasy15, or follow on Facebook at facebook.com slash Fantasy15. And if you have any questions, submit those to Fantasy15 at gmail.com. Today we're talking about who is going to be worth that ADP? Who's going to be worth the price of admission? If you want to draft a guy, are you going to get some real value from them, or is it going to be a bust? The first guy we're going to talk about today is Melvin Gordon. Currently, his ADP is running back 11, and the ADPs today are coming from Sleeper. He's, he's running back 11, which puts him around the mid-second round. He finished as running back 12 last year if you take out the first four weeks where he um, was holding out and wasn't playing. I don't know if he's going to be able to really live up to that ADP. Philip Lindsay, I think, is still Philip Lindsay. He's, he's going to see between uh, 39% and 64% of the snap share like he did last year. That leaves Melvin Gordon filling more of that Royce Freeman role, um, which means between 30% and 63% of the snap share like Freeman saw last year. That was similar, actually, to the role he had with the Chargers when he came back. Freeman had 496 yards on 132 attempts, mostly against a stacked box because they saw Freeman coming in and they pretty much planned for it to be a run game. 256 yards receiving on 43 receptions. Gordon typically has more receiving work, so that could change. But Denver, who knows how much they're going to actually throw the ball to the running back uh, because that's going to require their offense to change a bit. Will Gordon see more than that? I don't really know. Probably, but I don't know how much more. I put a poll out on Twitter recently, and about 50% of people thought that Gordon was going to lead the Broncos in both carries and receptions this year. So if that's the case, maybe he'll be worth that 11 uh, running back 11 ADP. I don't necessarily think that's going to be the case, though. Another thing we have to worry about is Denver has a lot of weapons for a young quarterback. They, they're they probably going to throw the ball. They have Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant. They went out and drafted Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler, two rookies that could have kind of an immediate impact. They could all take work from Gordon, especially receiving work. Lindsey and Freeman only caught 17 passes from Drew Locke in the last four weeks that he took over. And for those reasons, I'm out on Gordon. The next guy is Carrion Johnson, and I think his ADP on Sleeper is a little deceiving. He's currently coming off as running back 20, which puts him around, around the late third, early fourth. Obviously, he missed a lot of last year with an injury. He's actually only played 18 games over two seasons. Durability has definitely been an issue. They drafted DeAndre Swift. They didn't draft a guy in the second to have him be a handcuff for on Johnson. He's going to get work. At the very least, it's going to be a split. Matt Patricia has really wanted a guy that can pound the ball, and that's clearly not on. I don't necessarily know that it's Swift, but he's always been looking for somebody to fill that LeGarrette Blunt role uh, that we saw in like 2018. At this point, you're paying up for a guy going into his third season that has only put up more than 15 fantasy points five times. I don't think on Johnson's really worth it, and for those reasons, I'm out. Todd Gurley is somebody who I think is 
pretty surprising. He's currently going at running back 29, which puts him around the mid-fifth in a 12-team league. He'll be 26 by the start of the season, which is kind of over the age you see you usually start to see running backs decline by then. He has that arthritis in his knee, but I think that's more of a pain management issue than anything. He only missed one game last season. He missed two games in 2018, but everyone really remembers his lack of usage in the Super Bowl, and that's the thing that's kind of really stuck with people. He finished his running back 12 last season. He missed one game, so he did it in one less game. He had the lowest touches since his rookie year, And that running back 12 finish was kind of built on 14 total touchdowns. Is there touchdown regression coming? You'll probably see some more work from him in Atlanta, maybe even more efficiency. The Rams graded out as the second to last offensive line. Um, The Falcons have five first round picks projected to start for them. Maybe the younger guys won't pan out, but the investment in the line is there. So you have to think the Falcons are going to be more efficient with their run game than the Rams were last season. The other thing with Gurley is Devonta Freeman vacated a huge role. He was running back one in 2015, saw 97 targets. Running back six in 2016, saw 65 targets. Running back 13 in 2017, saw 47 targets. He missed almost the entire season of 2018, and then he finished his running back 20 last year in only 14 games. He averaged 13 carries a game and saw 70 targets. The role that Freeman is vacating is there for Gurley to fill, and that role has gotten to the running back one spot before. So it's definitely a capability, especially for a guy that is going that late in the draft. There's no real competition Nobody was really drafted to compete with him either. There's not much there to begin with. Uh, We know Edo Smith. We know those guys that that have kind of gotten the opportunity and done nothing with it. So it's Gurley's role to lose as far as I'm concerned. And the big thing for me is that it's only a one-year contract. They don't need to really manage his workload or worry about longevity. They can literally run Todd Gurley into the ground and... There's a $500,000 bonus for Gurley hitting 13 touchdowns or going over 1,000 yards. I don't know if that money is enough motivation to play through some pain, but it could be the difference, especially with Gurley only being on a one-year contract and, and trying to get another team to invest in him going forward. So for me, the value you're getting at Todd Gurley, him coming off as running back 29, I don't think there's any way that he finishes outside of the top 15 as long as he doesn't miss multiple games due to injury. The next guy I want to talk about is David Johnson. He's currently being drafted as running back 38 on sleeper. That puts him around the back of the seventh, top of the eighth. He's 28 years old, so he's a lot older than most running backs that you probably want on your team. He missed three games last year, and he only saw 18 carries from week seven on after he came back. His role was drastically reduced. Uh, He does have a bit of an injury history, but it isn't really as bad as you think. He missed all but one game in 2017 with a wrist dislocation, and then just a lot of sprains and strains and things of that nature. He had a back injury last year. It could be all those things compounding that finally finishes his career, but those are all things that he could recover from. And that's that's kind of what we have to assume if you're going to draft him at that spot. He finishes running back nine in 2018, uh, underachieved, in relation to his ADP. It wasn't really a fun ride. I owned him that year. I think I ended up trading him actually because I just couldn't stand my number one pick just 
doing okay every week. Uh, he only had two games that were over 20 fantasy points. He was the running back one in 2016, and that seems very far removed. I don't think he gets there. I think he is maybe a running back two um, going in that 12 to 24 range. Uh, I don't know. You have to kind of hope that he can make it through everything. But there was no competition drafted in Houston. Carlos Hyde vacated a huge role. 245 attempts, 1,070 yards, only 16 targets, but Duke Johnson saw 62 targets, and DJ is as good a receiving back as Duke, so he could definitely inherit some of that work. The Texans' line improved from 31st to 20th in overall grade last season. If that improvement continues, that line could be even better to run behind. Will he be worth the Hopkins trade? Absolutely not. Would I take a risk on David Johnson? I wouldn't want him to have to start for my team, but if I could get him on my bench as a guy that maybe I could wait and see, I'd definitely take the risk. The next guy I want to talk about is Raheem Mostert, who's going at running back 50, which just doesn't seem to add up. That puts him in the late 10th, early 11th. He finished as running back 26 last year, but from weeks 13 on, he was running back 10. And that's when he started seeing more than 50% of the snaps. He's 28 years old, which is obviously very old for a running back, but the last half of last season was really his first relevant time for fantasy football. He only has 231 carries during his entire career, and for reference, 15 backs saw more than that last year alone. The worry with Mostert is that he's not really a workhorse. He saw more than 14 carries twice, including the postseason last year. He had only 17 total receptions the entire year. He's not going to be the receiving back in that offense. That's probably going to be Coleman. It comes down to two things for me. Whether or not I can trust Kyle Shanahan and play running back roulette, and what goes on with Jarek McKinnon. If Jarek McKinnon comes back, he's probably going to take some of that role. I don't know how much it's going to be, though. There's only one player, though, with over 100 attempts last season that had a better yards per carry average than Raheem Mostert, and that was Lamar Jackson. So Mostert was very efficient with his work. Shanahan rides the hot hand, though. Guys come out of nowhere and then seem to disappear. Last season, they had just guys popping in and out of fantasy relevance. His dad did that in Denver with guys like Mike Anderson, Ruben Drones, Clinton Portis, Tatum Bell, Mike Bell, Selvin Young, guys that weren't superstars, but were all close to 1,000-yard seasons. Without knowing what's going on with Jarek McKinnon, it's hard to say, but right now I think McKinnon doesn't see any major usage, and that's if he even makes the team. If it's a split between Mostert and Coleman, I would definitely take Mostert. He's definitely worth that price. The last guy I'm going to talk about today is Jordan Howard, who's currently coming off the board at running back 59. That puts him in the late 12th. He's only 25 going into this season, which is usually the peak year for most running backs. There is no true running back one last season for the Dolphins. Balaj had 74 attempts. Laird had 62. Walton, remember Mark Walton? He had 53 attempts. Drake, who I completely forgot about playing six games with the Dolphins, had 47. And Miles Gaskin had 36. 272 total carries by the running back position. Walton was cut. He's not going to get those carries again. In my opinion, they've seen everything they need from Balaj to know he's not the guy. He's not going to get that volume again. Laird was a last resort last season. I don't think he's going to see that volume again. The only person who has a chance to get some of their carries and repeat is Miles Gaskin because he got hurt before they could really see what they had there. 
Howard is competing with Matt Breida. Breida missed five games the last two seasons, and he's left multiple games with injuries. So he's not really a durable back. He had 153 carries and 123 carries the last two seasons. He's more of a change of pace guy. Last season was the first time Howard had hit at least 250 carries in his career. He had 119 over 10 games. He was averaging 4.4 yards per carry. Miles Sanders, who is being viewed as a top 10 guy, averaged 4.6. So Howard was very close to that. Would he have lost the job to Sanders last year? I don't think so. Philly fans were calling for Howard to be the starter and to reduce the amount of usage Sanders was getting. Um, They even tried to throw the ball to Jordan Howard a little bit more, and, and they saw how that worked. Obviously, he's not a receiving threat. Through the first nine weeks last season, Howard was running back 16. He finished as running back 20 in 2018, running back 14 in 2017, and running back 10 in 2016. If the Dolphins' defense actually improved through free agency, which it appears they have done, they shouldn't be trailing as bad and should be able to run the ball more. They were last in rushing attempts last season with 349. I I think Jordan Howard is definitely worth that price. And if he's not, you see what you have the first week or two, and then you dump him. I mean, if you're getting him in the late 12th, you are basically winning a lottery uh, with that pick if he becomes the guy for the Miami offense. That's all the time we have today. Thanks for joining me. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe, rate, review, share, follow on Twitter at Fantasy15, and follow on Facebook at facebook.com slash fantasy15. And submit any questions to fantasy15 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.